0: Come upon me, Lord, and that you speak through my mouth. And through the next few minutes, Lord, as we encounter you, and then we honor you, God. That you allow our hearts to align with you and find you, Lord, and understand everything that it's about. Father, help us learn the truth about your word and about walking in you, Lord, and walking in this life of fullness and of richness that you've called. This life of abundance. In the name above all names, I worship you and I praise you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm so happy you're here. I'm going to invite you to turn to somebody right there. You don't have to get up. Just right there. where Just look over your shoulder and find somebody and greet them and say, hey, I'm glad you're here this morning. Come on, just say, hey, I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad you're here this morning. If you're visiting us for the first time, thank you for being in iChurch. Today's going to be a little bit different. And for those that are part of the house, and you call this house, you call this home, um, today's going to be a little bit different. I'm in a series titled uh, Rich or Poor and I'm talking about learning to manage money God's way. This next Wednesday we continue with the Bible study um, where I'm going to be teaching you and we're going to be actually talking about finances. But today I'm going to actually switch up um, a little bit of the sermon. For those that are taking notes, I'm going to actually switch topics if that's okay with you in a couple of minutes. Um, What I'm going to do is the first 10 minutes, I'm going to fulfill my promise and I'm going to talk about the topic of debt and how Satan has a hold on you in debt and how you have to be careful. But I'm only going to do like five or 10 minutes of that and then I'm going to switch it because I'm really led by the Holy Spirit to do something different. I've been thinking about him all night last night and he's been pressing on my heart and he's been holding on to me. Um, and he's been speaking to me. And I want to teach something a little bit different today on the second part. But first, let me fulfill my promise, okay? And Satan's got a hold on you when we talk about debt, okay? I'm going to put up three Bible verses for you guys that I want you to take home. But first of all, I want you to understand what debt is. When we talk about debt, what we're talking about is the obligation to pay in return for what was received. an obligation obligation to pay in return for what was received. Now, everybody here acquires a debt in one way or another. So let me go straight to it and let me tell you what Bible says about debt, okay? Number one, Romans chapter 13, verse 7. Romans chapter 13, verse 7 and 8. It says, give to everyone what you owe. Look at the person next to you and say, pay up. It says, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe somebody, pay them. Pastor, now I had a whole, I I, I have a whole teaching on this. And I could teach about the Garden of Eden and how God puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and why people go into debt. You know why people go into debt? Most of the time it's for the same thing that happened in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve are there and they have everything they need, right? And then what happens is that Satan shows up. Listen, Satan shows up. Who shows up? And he tells him, why are you not eating from this tree, right? And it be symbolical or real. Watch this. And Adam and Eve say, because God said we could eat from everything, but not that. And he says, do you know that if you ate from there, you would have life, you would understand good, and you would understand evil, and you would be, watch this, watch, similar to God? He says, you would be similar to God is what he says. So Adam and Eve... Being in this zone of abundance, they decide that what they have is not enough and they want to be greater. They want to be bigger. You know why most of the time we go into debt? We go into debt because we're searching to be greater or bigger. The better car, the better this, the better that. But the problem is that when you go into debt, you need to understand something. The Bible says in Romans that when you go into debt, it says give to everyone what you owe. So if you can't pay it, you shouldn't get it. I'm going to repeat that. If you can't pay it, you shouldn't get it. If you got it and you can't pay it, the motivation and the root of why you got it is wrong. Now follow me, okay? Second, and it says, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Look at verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding. If you're a godly person, you know that no debt should be remaining outstanding. Okay? And then it continues to go on. Now, I'm going to show you another Bible verse about debt. Okay? Here's my second teaching on debt, and I'm almost done. I'm, almost, I'm about to finish. Proverbs 22, 7 says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender the borrower is a what slave God set you free and there's no reason you should be come a slave again. But the Bible says that when you owe, you become a slave to that person. Now, I, today I'm not gonna do it. I'll do it Wednesday, but I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put a thought in your head for a second. Now, don't get me confused. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy a house. Don't get me confused, but I'm gonna put a thought in your head for a second. Just want you to think about this for a second. We have been taught, we have been told that it's Have buying a house, purchasing a house is good because when you and I'm not against it, watch, because when you purchase a house, you need to purchase it because the difference between purchasing and renting is that when you purchase, you are in owner of the home now here's a question if you are an owner of the home and I just want you to think about this again don't jump the gun I, I agree with investments I think are important but I want you to think about how mankind has instilled this in us when you purchase a home and you say I'm going to purchase a home because I'm going to be the owner you normally go to the bank and the bank lends you the money so now you owe the money to the bank right but you sit in your house and you say you're the owner. What happens if you stop paying? So were you really the, and you said, no, but I was the owner. And the loan was for 30 years. And listen to this. 65% of people refinance their home. 65%. So you normally average payment is 45 years of payments on a home. So you purchased a home and you were the owner of a loan for 45 years. So, Pastor, what are you saying? Is buying a home a bad thing? No, no. What I'm saying is think about the thought process in your brain. You were happy because now you're not renting and now you're owning, but you owe the house and you're really never the owner of it. Pastor, yeah, but you create equity because you have invested in it and you, oh, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. It's a way better investment than a rent. I'm all for that. Don't confuse me. What I'm saying is be careful with the motives because the problem isn't buying a home. The problem is why did you buy the home? That's the question. The problem isn't to buy the home. The problem is why did you buy it? You go back to the motivator. The motivation behind what you did. And every time you invest money, you have to think, every time you take on a debt, you have to think, why did I do it? What was the motivation behind it? And if you planned out the purchase of the home correctly and you got the debt correctly and you did it in a smart way, you found it in a way strategically enough where the equity actually became an equity quicker because your investment gave you a bigger value on the return. I'll give you a perfect example that everybody's going to relate to because some of you look at me like, "Mm, I lost you, Pastor. Let me give you an easier way on this. You go into the dealership and you pick a car and when you pick a car you say i'm going to buy this brand new 2017 toyota you pay for it and what happens immediately you pay for, what happens immediately you sign on the paperwork and you have that debt and it costs $27,000 what happens immediately you drive out of the out of the dealership immediately what happens depreciates right we all knew that why would a human being Buy a brand new car knowing that unless who, – who is willing to walk into this room with $27,000 cash in your pocket and I give you something that immediately you have it, immediately? I, I have something worth $27,000 and I give it to you. You give me your $27,000 and immediately, less than three minutes later, you lost approximately $7,000. Who is willing right now to take $7,000 and burn them in a trash can? But that's the way we think. So, Pastor, what are you saying? Is buying a house bad? Buying a car is bad? What do you want us to live in? A cave and walk? No, no. What I'm saying is it's not about getting the car. It's about how you got the car. Now, watch this. If you were smart and you waited on the debt and you purchased the car, if it was a lease for tax purposes because the government was going to take it anyway, that's a whole different ballgame. If it's a business concept and a transaction, I'm okay with it. But what I'm saying is you could have waited exactly. You could have exactly waited enough for the car to receive the depreciation. Before you purchased it. So when you purchased it, even if it's a year older, listen to this. You want to buy a brand new car, wait till the end of the year. What do they do? The new car comes in. What do they do with the older car with the brand new cars that weren't sold? They try to get rid of them cheap. And the depreciation value goes in your pocket. So you walk out of the dealer and you just stuck seven six 7000 dollars in your pocket. Six, seven thousand. So right now, if I said, Hey, I-Church is gonna write out a seven thousand dollar check to somebody and I asked who wanted it, I'm sure a whole bunch of you were raise hands. Why? Because it's the process, but we don't think that way. We don't think think the numbers through. This is what we think. I deserve it. You deserve what? The debt? Because you got to understand, guys, that the way you use your money today is going to determine your tomorrow. So you sit down. Now, some of you have gotten into cars. Some of you have gotten into homes and and have payments. And you're, Pastor, did I do wrong? No, 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 no. Listen, you... Crying about what you did yesterday makes no sense, but stopping enough now to evaluate what you're going to do tomorrow is going to be crucial because the truth is we become slaves and God didn't want, God never intended for you to be a slave of anybody. He died on the cross of Calvary to get, to redeem you and to pay the price. So you would not live a slave condemned life. So you sit down and you say, you know what? I refuse to do anything, anything that makes me a slave of it. Okay. So that's the second lesson. Here's the third lesson. Okay, if you're not learning yet, something's wrong, but here's the third lesson Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says, No one can serve two masters. It says no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let me tell you what that does. I'm going to put some statistics on screen for you a minute. And I'll talk more about this on Wednesday because I'm done. I'll talk more on Wednesday. Pastor, why are you done? I want to do something else with you folks. Okay, statistics. America is $1 trillion in card debt. Listen to this. $1 trillion in card debt. Listen to this. Overdue. There are $1 trillion in car debts Overdue people who are late on their payment one trillion dollars look at this 850 billion in outstanding credit card debt you know that the average credit card debt and i'll talk more on wednesday on this we'll talk about i'll go into detail come wednesday and i'll teach you on this i'll teach you how to use your credit cards wisely you say yeah i know how to use no no i'm gonna teach you credit cards are not of satan if you know how to do them they could become for the kingdom if you know how to use them but people go into credit card payments and look at this 850 billion in outstanding Ending, okay, that's 57.3 carried an unpaid balance for more than 12 months fifty seven. That means that means that half of the people with a credit card will find themselves at a given point investing and buying something that they will have to pay and it'll take them more than a year to pay. So automatically that product costs three times what it was worth. Some of you will go to the store and buy something and say, hey, uh, I'll give you an example. You went to buy a pretzel and a pretzel costs two dollars and you stand there and then you go to the airport and the airport has it for six dollars and you're like oh my gosh a bottle of water costs a buck and then you go and you buy a bottle of water and it cost you four And you're like, man, that's expensive water. Every time you allowed more than one year on, of something on that credit card, you paid three times the price, but it wasn't a bottle of water. You put it, you could have brought something that cost 25 and you ended up paying um, $75 for it. So when you do that, what you did is you prohibited yourself from the other purchases. Okay. So that's credit card debt. And the last one, $1. trillion Dollars in a crisis of student loans. One point trillion dollars are in crisis on student loans. You you go to school, you get a degree, and your degree is so costly that when you finish school, you get a great job, you get a good pay, and you can't live well for the next ten years because you're trying to pay off what you, st- what you studied for. The process, the process of life that Satan holds us to. Now, where am I going with all this? Here I end. Ready? I'm done. What I want you to tell is the following. I want you to understand is the following. You will find yourself going into debt. You must know that, you, one, you have to pay it. Number two, that you'll become a slave to it. You have to be cautious. You'll become a slave to that. And number three, which is the most important, is that you need to remember and keep in mind that you can't serve two people. Watch this. Marriages, spiritual life. You get nothing. Grab this. Marriages, spiritual life, relationship with kids. No matter where you're at in life, single, students, college students, whatever, watch, no matter where you are, if your debt is higher than you can pay and sometimes even lower, you know why you become a slave to it spiritually? Because it's there to keep you unfocused and if you're going to sit here hypocritically and watch me online hypocritically and say well i didn't like the message pastor carlos said and you're going to lie to me i want you to ask yourself one question how many times has finances taken your peace away I want you to think about that. How many times finances have taken your peace away? You're worried and you're burdened and it's there. And look what happens. No matter how, I speak for myself, no matter how spiritual you are, finances come to a point that you sit down. Every single human being at one point will allow finances to take your peace away. And when it takes your peace away, I want to see how well you worship. I want to see how well you praise. I want to see how, I want to see you see because when your peace is out the door, you can't concentrate on God so pastor, what are you saying? It's a tool of Satan. He's loading you in an, he's trying to distract you because from the beginning of the Garden of Eden, Satan's job is to get Adam and Eve to not focus on God and focus on him. So he's trying to distract the attention so we're more worried about this world than we are about the coming world. We're more worried about the gods of this land than we are about the gods of that land. So when your car becomes more important, your house becomes more important, your payments become more important. And your bills stack up and you can't pay them and you're worried about your finances and your future and I hear college students and I hear teenagers say all the time well I don't know what my future is going to look like and they they aren't even there yet they haven't, they haven't even been through hell and high water and they're already burdened and worried about tomorrow because it's all about your financial status and what happens is you could have a home and not have peace you could have a car and not have peace you could have the bank account turned upside down and it's all there and sometimes we even lie to ourselves saying things like well i want happiness i deserve happiness so we take money that we do not have put it on credit cards and take expenses and cars and homes that we can't afford and meals we can't afford and then when we sit there we're like feeling miserable and we don't realize that we just unfocused off god it's taken it's make us it makes us anxious it makes us worry it makes us burdened that's why jesus told his disciples travel lightly he said hey guys travel lightly don't worry about too many, too much worldly positions. So, pastor, but wait a minute. Last week you were saying that God wants to prosper us and God wants to bless us. Right, but he will bless and prosper those that are stewards of their money and and they look at it in a financial way that they plan and they know what they're doing. And when you don't do that, the problem is you think it's just a debt, but it's really something that's going to unfocus you on God. Today, people are listening to me and you're sitting out there right now and you're listening to me online and you are going through a financial situation that, steals your peace away and when it steals your peace away here's what happens it affects the way you worship and live for God because your body your soul and your spirit are connected and if your body and your finances are suffering your spirit's going to suffer and you need to overcome that so you need to understand that Satan's got a hold on you on your debt so you got to be very 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 cautious very careful and you need to run to God you need to say God I need your help I need it more than ever if here here's here's evidence of that what happened to what happened to Satan what happened what did Satan do with Jesus when he took him out to the desert here he took him out to the desert and he gave him three temptations wasn't one of the temptations the third one where he stands in front of jesus in matthew chapter four and he says hey he says he says jesus look out there he says you see all that you see all that kingdom you see all that i could give you all that i could give you all that that's what he says to jesus i'm gonna read Jesus' words back let me see if i can find them hold on a second here matthew 4 8 it says, Again, the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their splendor. And he said to him in verse 9, And this I will give you. He says, I'll give you these possessions, he said, if you bow down and worship me. That's the pure definition of a hold of Satan that when he has your finances into a debt and you're over your head, because you said, No, I deserve it. No, I need to do it. Look what it says. It says, And I then this I will give to you. He said, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus answered to him and said, I shall not because you will only worship the Lord your God. He was able to focus on God alone. So, Pastor, what are you telling us? Be careful with the debt you go into. Because people, you're taking it too lightly. If you take it too lightly, the debt you're going into is affecting your worship. And I declare today in the name of Jesus, listen to this. I declare today in the name of Jesus that if you set your mind and you set your you let your spirit. Listen to this. If you got nothing, listen to this phrase. If you could believe in empowering the Holy Spirit inside of you to. take control of your mind and to take control of your soul you will be able to create a plan to get out of debt as quick as possible and the more you get out of debt you will be glorifying god and saying god i'm going to do this because i want my soul to be at peace i want my kids to be at peace i want to believe you and you start creating rules saying if i can't pay it i'm not getting it if i can't pay i'm going to hold back and you start establishing these payments and you start looking at what your income is now and you start looking at what your income would be if you could take a hit Take 20% of your income and set it aside and say 20% of my income I will not touch. I will bank it only because I know a tough time could come and that is what's going to allow me to overcome my situation. If you look at how iChurch runs its finances, that's exactly how we run it. And I'm believing God for a breakthrough financially this month. I'm believing God for some people here that have debt and their credit card and their bills. Maybe it's not a credit card. Maybe it's not a car. Maybe it's not a home. But maybe it's your light, your water, your expenses, your college tuition for your child the you have keeps on accumulating and you're seeing it accumulate and you're starting to steal your peace and i'm going to believe in the name of jesus christ that that starts to turn over now in the name of jesus because somebody needs peace and god's going to send you financial peace and the financial peace is going to come to you when you say god you know what i'm going to work my finances in the spirit knowing that i need peace spiritually over what I do because if I have spirit peace spiritual over what I do I will be a better father I will be a better husband I will be a better wife I will be a better child I will be a better man and a better woman of God when when you start changing that finances and I'm going to pray for you right now so close your eyes bow your head and I'm going to pray for a financial breakthrough right now right where you are I don't need anybody to move I don't need anybody to come to the altar I don't need anybody to raise hands I'm praying right now and I want you to pray it may be for you it may be that your daughter is needing this you may know that your daughter's marriage is going through a tough situation right now and you know they don't mention it but part of the problem is financial also you know that right it's where the money's going the money's being placed in the wrong place the financial situation may be for your college student the financial situation may be for you you may find yourself with no plan for the next 10 years on what you're going to do with your retirement you may have not thought that through you may have not thought about what what's going to happen to your child with your daughter with your son you may have not thought of that your bank account may be going down and you're worried about it and i'm praying right now for, over your debt and I need people to believe me for a breakthrough right there where you are. Father, I want to pray right now over that young marriage, Lord. That marriage, Lord, that you have a, you have a financial plan with them. But I believe, Lord, that debt is taking a, a stronghold. It's taking a higher place. It's taking a place that should not be. It's taking too much control. They have gone into such... Situ- some of us have made bad decisions in the past. They've made bad investments, Lord. Some of them are allowing some debt to come in. And they know they should have stopped it. But they weren't bold enough to put a stop on it. It. They weren't bold enough to put a hold on it. But I want to believe you, God, right now, that you impart wisdom upon everybody listening to this message. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe, God, that you come down. And right now, you start illuminating in their brain ideas of how to make their finances better, how to get rid of their debt how to lower it to live that life full of peace right now i cast out satan with all his strongholds that are taking away the peace that have made people worry that have made marriages go through tough situations that have have some youth here running like a crazy person trying to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow with their future and we entrust it in you and we pray that as we walk out of your lord we start making changes in favor of a life that glorifies you with the money we spend i pray right now Lord that how hosts as they do this and they eliminate debt as it starts going down as you give the wisdom they come back with testimonies of how you've prospered them double I pray in the name of Jesus that right now Lord all these strongholds of Satan come off because they thought it was just a dead, but I know it's a spiritual thing I know that Satan's trying to do the same thing he did in the garden of Eden I know he's doing the same thing he did in the desert with Jesus he's trying to get people to worship and worry about worldly things more than spiritual things and I declare Peace in the name of Jesus over every home. Peace in the name of Jesus. Peace. Father, I pray for that breakthrough right now because you are the God of breakthroughs in the name above all name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. With us at iChurch, we hope that we've inspired you and helped you break the bondage in your life. It is our desire to see you take a step closer to God. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so by going to iChurchOKA.com/give. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you have a blessed week.